0: Thanks for choosing this BGSM podcast. I'm Liam West, a sports medicine registrar in Australia and a member of the BGSM editorial team. On the podcast today, I'm lucky to be joined by Professor Eric Vitrau from the Department of Rehabilitation Science and Physiotherapy, Faculty of Medicine and Health Sciences at Ghent University. And he also works part-time for Liverpool Football Club in the English Premier League. His main area of research is prevention and rehabilitation of musculoskeletal injuries in sport. Thank you very much for taking the time to be on the podcast. Eric. As our listeners know, the sports medicine literature consistently demonstrates one of the largest risk factors for injury is a previous injury to that specific tissue structure. Do you think that this is because we're focusing on function and return to function rather than biological repair?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question. And I would answer yes and no. No, if we know that having a previous injury is a large risk factor for having any other injury. So, suppose you have an ACL injury, you know that you're at high risk for having a hamstring injury. Well, in that case, I think the mechanism is more central, could be driven by the brain, could be driven by the neuromuscular coordination, which is actually driven by the brain anyway. But if the reinjury is in the same region and probably at the same location, then I think yes. This might be one of the reasons that we did not respect any biological healing and might be the reason why we are seeing so many re-injuries and, and having a, an injury is a risk factor for another injury. I would like to use the analogy of having a bone fracture. So suppose you fracture your bone, you will be casted and no worries with that, nobody will discuss about that and the duration of this casting would be three to four weeks and nobody would argue to get you out of the casts sooner because basic science tells us that it takes three to four weeks to heal the bone. So nobody discusses this. However, when we talk about ligament or muscle injuries, we don't respect biological healing. Although we know that the period we allow patients back to the field is very often too short for the structure to heal. And of course, we will have many re-injuries. So yes, I think, of course, that using functional criteria is a very good thing. Of course, you should test performance and quality of movement of the players, of the athletes, before you allow them back to the pitch. This is imperative, absolutely needed. But in addition to that, I think we also should respect biological healing. And I would also say that we know now, uh, for example, in an ACL injury, not only the ACL is injured, but we know that the cartilage is injured also. We know at, let's say, six months where we used to return our athletes back to the pitch that the quality of the cartilage is not good. So this might be one of the reasons why we see that there is an increased incidence of OA after ACL injuries, whether or not you had an operation. Maybe this is because we put too much pressure or too much load on the cartilage while it's not yet functionally ready to absorb this load. So yes, I think we are neglecting a very important aspect of our injured athlete, which is the biological healing.
0: You mentioned an ACL there, and my heart rate went up and through the roof. Unfortunately, one of my players this weekend, one of my elite footballers, suffered an anterior cruciate ligament injury. It's actually his second injury in the last couple of years. If we were solely to base the return to play on biological healing, how long should I be explaining to him that it's going to take before we're going to allow him to return to play?
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, you know that the graft healing is a ligamentization process. So it is a process of revascularization, cell repopulation and metaplasia of tendon tissue to ligamentous appearance. Now, this happens, of course, in different phases. And at the phase where you're talking about six months, we see that we have already some fibroblasts and fibroblasts-driven proliferation. But the graft is still a disorganized collagen orientation, actually. So the graft is still very, very weak. The maturation, which really is the thing we are, are aiming for, starts at about six months. And there is a big inter-individual variation. And the variation starts around six, mo- six months to 12 months. But if we look at the results mainly from histological research or from MRI, we see at six months only the start of the maturation. Although in some athletes, we all already see a rather good or moderate good matured graft but the majority of the patients have a very weak graft at that time so 9 months would be the soonest period to start allowing your athlete to go to the pitch and 12 months for sure we know that the maturation is quite good although we know that the end of the ligamentization process is it's not really known but for sure it takes another Two years, so it takes in total about three years. And at three years end point, we have a graft which is, looks like a ligament. So that is the end graft. Of course, I would not suggest answering your question. I would not suggest to wait for another or for three years. I think we can allow players safely to the pitch looking at their graft maturation soonest from nine months, and most of them will be, and I, I say about 90% will be good, will have a good mature graft healing at 12 months. If you are lucky to be working in an elite sport environment, you can always use an MRI and looking at T2 star measures. And if you see that the graft is not reacting with an increased activity, then you know that the maturation is good and the player is ready to play. And it can be at 9, 10, or 8 months. But if you, like most of us, are not working in an elite sports environment, you are not allowed to take an MRI at, at several time points. So the only thing you can do is say, better save than sorry, and then you have to take 12 months
0: or at least nine months into account before you allow your athletes back to the pitch. It's Certainly something I think I need to cancel my clinic patients on is respecting the fact that there needs to be healing before they can go back. Whether they listen to me or not, I guess, is a different suggestion. Uh, Moving from ligaments to muscles, do you have any suggestions for those clinicians that are listening that regularly treat muscle injuries with regards to respecting biological repair during their individual rehabilitation process, maybe a hamstring?
1: Yeah, hamstring is a good one. And, and the funny thing is that we see the same amount of re-injuries in calf injuries or other muscle injuries like the rec fem compared to the hamstrings. So something we are doing is wrong there and the healing in the muscle, whatever muscle it is, I'm talking about the lower limbs now because the function is quite the same, is always the same. So we know at... Two to three weeks, when on average we see a return to play, not in the grade three injury, but in the most frequent grade one or grade two uh, injuries, we see that at this period of three weeks, the maturation is not really good. So we still have an ongoing muscle regeneration and we have immature scar tissue. Now, when we load this, Immature scar tissue, then we have seen that of all the re injuries, 25% of the re injuries happen in the first week after return to play. And these re injuries all happen in the same, in exactly the same location as the previous injury. So this points out that your scar tissue is not mature yet and that if you load it with sufficient load, like, like returning back to your sports activity, that is way too high for this uh, still going on healing tissue. So what I would suggest is that if you have a grade one hamstring injury, you have at least to wait more than three weeks, three weeks and a half, something like that, in a grade two, two injury, and we're talking about muscle tendon injuries here, then you need at least have or respect four weeks. If you have intra-tendon injuries, uh, which are not happening at the muscle tendon unit and which have less blood flow and therefore less fast or or, or a slower healing process, then you should respect five weeks of um,
0: recovery before you allow your players back to the pitch some really interesting thoughts there ones i'll try and put past my coach and see if he'll let me (laughs) take a little bit longer but i think the pushback would be do we have any ways of tracking this biological repair is there any ways we can push the envelope and go quicker do any scans or blood tests help us
1: no, unfortunately, not. But we might have some very interesting or a new, recently new tool in our hands, which is the elastography. So, as you know, the elastography is a way of measuring elasticity or compliance of tissues. So it was discovered or it was invented to be used in in liver problems, breasts, uh, cancer. But now it's being being used more and more in musculoskeletal injuries. And we don't know too much about it. And at the moment, we are doing some research to follow up on the elasticity of the healing process. And so it might be a very good tool to identify when the injured region has the same elasticity as before or as the region on the other side same region on the other side, telling you that this player might really be ready to play, biologically speaking, of course. And then you have to use also your functional return to play criteria because they also need to be okay. So, elastography might be a very interesting tool to use in the future. But unfortunately, we are still struggling using it and we don't have any research showing us that it's really worth or helpful to be used in clinical practice. But I'm quite convinced that in one or two years, we will notice, and I personally really believe in this. And I think if it's done in a standardized way, it will be a lot of help to the clinicians. And it's not invasive, it's an easy technique. The only thing is that you need to, to buy the device But uh, it's for sure cheaper than an MRI machine. So it might be a very clinical tool for help in the recovery process of the biological healing of all muscle and maybe even uh, ligamentous injuries and or tendon injuries. So all soft tissue injuries.
0: It's pretty exciting and a nice look into the future. And I think you've given a great snapshot Into the thoughts from you and your research team on respecting biological repair one thing and to to close the podcast that i've struggled with is going through medical school and seeing a big picture of the inflammatory cascade and just thinking that i can use one simple anti-inflammatory and and change the whole thing do you think that we're sort of just being a bit too simplistic and just should we not be using anti-inflammatory straight after an acute injury
1: Yes, I think you have a good point there. I think most of the time we the more we learn about the body and and how the body responds to injuries or to performance, we really understand how complex, but also how how very well the body is designed to deal with these adaptations. And healing is one way of of dealing with an adapt or, or is one way of adapting to something what is happening in the body. And we absolutely need inflammation in order to have a good healing process. Now, you can argue that this initial inflammation after an acute ankle sprain might be a little bit exaggerated and that that you can decrease the amount of inflammation. And I would say, yes, maybe, yes, you can. And maybe this will not harm the successful healing process. But I would say, let the inflammation go. Don't give too many anti-inflammatory medication because the more inflammation you have, the better the healing will be. And if your athlete suffers from pain, then you can give him, of course, painkillers, but they don't need to be anti-inflammatory medication. Many studies have shown that anti-inflammatory medications will not speed up the healing process And especially in these injuries where you don't see too much inflammation, you should absolutely avoid using anti-inflammatory medication.
0: Fantastic. A little bit of help for me personally there. Thank you very much for your time, Eric. And I really appreciate it sharing your thoughts with the BGSM listenership.
1: No worries. Thank you. It was my pleasure.
0: Thanks again to you, the listener, for choosing this BGSM podcast. You can interact further with the BGSM via the normal social media channels. I hope you get to have a physically active day.